0: Welcome to the Life Well-Lived podcast. I'm Kayla Brandon, a holistic health coach and wellness enthusiast. I am absolutely obsessed with learning about people who live their most authentic lives. In this podcast, you'll hear stories about those who truly live a life well-lived and what they do mentally, spiritually, and physically to get there. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump into your daily dose of practical advice on pursuing a life with purpose and passion. This week, I interview my good friend, Sasha Hanway. Hailing from the East Coast, Sasha now lives in the Pacific Northwest, and she fully embraces the Seattle lifestyle. By day, she's a research and insights lead at Google, and by night, she's a yoga instructor, content creator, and entrepreneur. Talking with Sasha is like talking with someone you've known your entire life, even if you just follow her inspirational content on social media. In this episode, we cover what inspired her to begin her yoga practice, how she left DC Consulting for big tech, how she manages her time, and what wellness practices help her optimize her life. Get your notepads out, friends, because Sasha has a wealth of knowledge on all of these topics and so much more. Without further ado, let's get into it. Sasha, welcome to the show. It's so good to see you. I haven't seen your face in gosh, what, two years when you came to Chicago.
1: It's been so long. I feel like I feel like I get so excited now for like virtual chats that are not like even at work. or virtual conversations that is with a human and I can see their face. I'm like, wow, this is so exciting. <laughs> but hopefully, I'll get to go to Chicago soon.
0: Yeah, and travel is picking back up, so I'm sure you will. You'll travel wherever your heart desires. Um, So before I get into it, my audience may or may not know you. Um, You are very popular on Instagram. You are well-versed in TikTok from what I understand too. (laughs) I am always inspired by your yoga videos and just your general wisdom. So can you please tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live, what you do, and you don't just do yoga and you're not just, you know, an entrepreneur. You actually have a corporate job like me.
1: That's true. Um, So hey everyone, my name is Sasha Hanway. I am a, I guess, a yoga teacher based out of the Pacific Northwest in Seattle, Washington. I've been here for about three years and I originally grew up actually on the East Coast um, and lived in DC for a while after graduation. But yes, Kayla, I, I don't know if I'm a TikTok guru yet, but I actually love the platform so much because it's so candid. Um, it's kind of like the antidote, I feel like, to the curation that we see on Instagram. So that's been kind of a fun venture for me. Um, like Kayla said, I am an entrepreneur. I create content on Instagram, um work with different brands there, And then I started a surf and yoga retreat company called Wild Things Retreats, which I'm working on planning the next one right now. So that's been really fun. Um, and then I also work in corporate. So my background is in digital marketing. And I currently work at Google um, in their global business operations. I help do research on consumer behavior in retail. So basically, if you like to shop, I run research studies. So I'll, I'll take a step back Google. It, yes, like we have all your search data, but Google's actually really protective of user data. So we Um, don't publicly share that. And actually, even me working at Google, I couldn't go in and find your data. So because of that, um, I help run studies in the market to look at kind of how people make decisions about brands, how long it takes them to shop for different items, um, how they form connections and kind of like curate a set that they would consider, consider if they're going to buy something. So that is... a a vast generalization of what I do. Mostly what I do is send a lot of emails and talk to people on the internet right now is what it feels like.
0: So it's like everyone else's job, but way cooler (laughs) because you work for Google (laughs) Um, in the Pacific Northwest. And if you follow Sasha on Instagram specifically, you'll see a lot of yoga content, a lot of surfing content. I want to know, because I actually don't think we've ever talked about this, when did you get started, you know, with your yoga practice and what inspired you to actually go through yoga teacher training?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I I played lacrosse at um, University of Virginia, just club lacrosse, but it was it was super fun, really strong like caliber, I would say, of sport there. And that is when I first started practicing yoga. So my first year roommate Allie, who is still one of my best friends, and actually does all the graphic design for wild things. Um, she was really into yoga, and we were both really into running. And she's like, "Hey, there's this yoga class, and it's hot, and it's really hard, so you would like it." And so I went with her, and it was a 90 minute Bikram class where the heat threw him to about 103 degrees. And because I'm like a competitive psycho, I was like, "This is amazing!" <laughs> so that's kind of how I started getting into yoga. Um, and then when I was working in DC so I started working in DC in 2015 I went to a class at core power with a friend as sort of like a like pre happy hour activity and at the time I really did not love my job but I found a lot of peace in yoga because it was really even though it was a power practice it allowed me to do something really hard with my body that required a lot of focus so I could sort of relax um, in terms of everything else. So that's how I started getting more into it. Um, and then I was on a very, I used to work in consulting uninspiring project that was not a travel project. So I was in DC and my friend, Emily and I had been going to core power together a lot. We had a yoga date set up. I think it was every Thursday to go to this guy, Alex alex's sculpt class um, he's still in dc so alex montez if you're in dc and you want to take a great yoga class um and we were kind of looking at each other and emily was a college athlete too and we we're like you know what like we should do this like i love this practice i want to help others feel you know good in their bodies and when i was an undergrad i was a personal trainer and wrote all the workouts for my team for conditioning and i loved coaching people in that way but i was like well maybe also like coaching people, you know, through yoga. So Emily and I went through our training together in 2016
0: in DC. And fun fact, I actually, I think Emily introduced us maybe. I don't really know how we met initially. Um, Cause I feel like it's been so long, but I used to go to the core same power. core power. Like, yeah, I don't know if you went to that core power too, but she was an instructor and I was I'm not ashamed to admit it. I was like a basically like a glorified janitor. Like I would clean once a week for I think three hours, which sounds like uh, such an insane commitment, time commitment now. And it wasn't even free yoga. It was like a really, really good discount. Um no, but I was particular obsessed. Studio-
1: has an extremely problematic uh, labor structure, which yeah. we can discuss. If
0: you want. <laughs> no, I was, and I was <laughs> in consulting too at the same time. Like you and I were both in consulting at the same time in DC in the same area. The difference is, I mean, I was also on an uninspiring project. I can, I can admit that now. I mean, it wasn't that the people were uninspiring; it was just the work was not something that really lit me up at all, and I really didn't have any knowledge in it. So I was kind of going in blind to that project. And my outlet was also working out. I was studying to become a personal trainer. And then I went to core power and much like you, because I do think we're very similar. I got so hooked to the hot yoga, especially with like weights. I thought, wow, this is like a kick-ass workout. And then now I, you know, now mom, I don't have time to, to do hot yoga classes. I barely have time to leave my house, I feel like. But if I did have time, I would do, yoga I just don't know if I would go to that same studio
1: yeah that's totally fair I think I think that's a challenge for a lot of people during the pandemic too um especially parents is trying to figure out when to fit in that personal care time um and commuting to a studio and being there and then commuting back is extremely significant time commitment
0: Yeah. How do you do it with working full time? Because I feel like you teach a lot of classes for someone working full time at a company as elite as Google, I would imagine your schedule is pretty busy and you still make time for your passion projects.
1: Yeah, I think for me, I am kind of a, so I'm like, I don't know if you're into astrology at all and no worries if people listening aren't but so I'll, I'll speak normal person for this as well. I'm like a triple cancer. So cancer is like my primary sign, my rising and my moon, um, which basically how that manifests in my life is I'm kind of like all or nothing. <laughs> so if I'm not, if I'm not super passionate about something, it is, uh, not executed well. Um, and obviously that's part of becoming an adult is to do the things that you are not super passionate about, um, because you have to, but, um, I think with, with Google and kind of the things that I'm working on on the side, I would say the things I'm most passionate about right now are kind of fitness movement and then creatively writing and like shooting photography and, and like being in photos. And so I just, I don't know, a lot of time blocking. Um, Mm -hmm. I have a specific like journaling method that helps me sort of organize my day. I'm not a naturally organized person. Um, so <laughs> I've had to teach, teach myself methods and how to do that. Um, but I think, I think ultimately too, like if you take a step back and I'm, I'm not a parent, um, so I, I won't speak to how parents manage their time. But I think if you take a step back, a lot of us um, waste time, I don't want to say waste, but we, we spend time no, doing, it's true. Things, yeah, maybe don't actually ultimately Um, fulfill like our deepest passions or like deepest fulfillment and it's really easy to do things like that so like over indexing on time on your phone or I don't know accidentally staying up really late like on technology I think if you schedule time with yourself like for workouts or even to work on um, like secondary projects like you would a meeting with someone at work I find that's how I kind of trick myself into protecting that time you make some really good
0: points, too, about we all have the same amount of time, right? And we are spending it differently. People like you are spending it very differently than someone who binges, you know, five episodes of Netflix, of a Netflix show a night. Like, that's completely, those are completely different lives being lived, in my opinion. So one is not better yeah, than the other.
1: I too, like, in defense of Netflix binging, um, <laughs> like, I'm a big fan of reality TV, Um, And, like, I, like, I'm obsessed with Love Island, the British one, not the U.S. one. The U.S. one is trash. Um, But, like, I will, because I am sort of type A, I will, like, schedule days where I, like, I'm, like, okay, on this Saturday, like, I'm not going to go out to the mountains. I'm not going to go surf. I'm just going to, like, accomplish one thing, and then the rest of the day is, like, up to me how I want to spend it. And I will, like, you know, watch lots of Netflix or I don't know, like, what other people would consider to be not useful time. But I will have days where I'm just like, okay, today I'm chilling. I'm going to go to a farmer's market and just see what happens after that.
0: And it, But that's the, that's the balance there, right? I mean, you're doing so many other things normally so that when you do rest, you really rest. And I find that very successful people always have some sort of a rest day, like a Sabbath of sorts, whether they're religious or not. Um, I think it's just beneficial to turn your brain off and turn your body off and really recharge. And so it sounds like that's yeah. what you do, which I think that is healthy. I'm I'm more so talking to the person that wants to do something with their spare time. Maybe they want to try a side hustle or they want to freelance or something or they want to learn a cool hobby. But they're making a lot of excuses saying, I don't have enough time. And my answer is always, you do have the time. Just you really need to do an edit of your life and figure out where you're spending your time outside of, you know, your working hours or if you're a stay-at-home mom or dad, you know, there are times when your kids are sleeping or you're, they're taking a nap or something like that. Honest to goodness, that's half the time when I do podcast stuff. Instagram stuff is when it's a weekend, Finn's sleeping, I have some time and I just crush it. You know, there are days when I do watch Netflix and totally don't, don't work on anything. And I think that's important too, like you said, but it's just finding those pockets of time and then really utilizing them
1: yeah, I think I think that is super key is kind of building in those those rest times. And I would equate it to in in most yoga classes you go to, there will be this period of shavasna at the end, which is basically like your final resting posture and you are laying on the floor. And when you become a yoga teacher, they instruct you to do it for at least two minutes. Some teachers will have it for up to ten. Um, but it's a really important reminder that, yes, it is so important to kind of do things that that physically and mentally push you to find your edge and kind of expand your comfort zone and and you work through that. But then after that, you you have to rest. (laughs) You have to give your body and your mind and your spirit a break um, so that you can reap the benefits of all the work that you just went through. Um, And I think we, especially in the U.S., we just are terrible at honoring rest. It always has to be like productive. We even have now like Fitbit and whoop that like measure the caliber of your rest, (laughs) And it's just so interesting. Like that, like kind of that parallel to, you know um, maybe like a more, my mom's best friend is Danish and they're both scientists and the way that the two of them work is so different. Um, Oh gosh. I bet. So
0: yeah. There was a meme or some, or some kind of tweet or something where it was comparing uh, European out of offices versus Americans. It was just, I think it was something like, you know, I'll be out of the office all of June and July. I'll talk to you then. And then the Americans was, I will be offline for an hour for a dentist appointment, but if it is urgent, please do call me and I will answer and all this stuff. So we just, we have an always on culture and it's really unfortunate because it makes like turning off and truly unplugging, even when you're not working really hard to do, but I'm sure yoga helps with that. (sighs)
1: It, it totally helps. And um, some really good career advice that I received um, was, and, and this isn't really career advice, it's actually more life advice, but to take a step back and think about what you want to optimize for. So if you are an ambitious, professionally minded individual, you kind of are on this track right since middle school or like in middle school, it's like, okay, you have to get good grades. You can like uh, make sure you go to like, if you're in public school, like the best high school, like that's a magnet or um in high school. It's like, you have to get a good grades. So you can go to the best college. And then in college, it's like, okay, you better get a great GPA and the best internships. So you can get X, Y, G job. That's at the top firm at the top of your field, or like, so you can go to medical school or, you know, whatever you're going to do next. And it's kind of like, there are these tracks that are kind of pre-existing. But then after your first job or your second job, you're just standing there in the middle of your 20s looking forward, and the possibilities are endless. (laughs) And that's when you really have to look in and say, okay, what do I want to optimize for? Um, And there's a lot of options, right? There's money, there's quality of life, there's um, flexibility of location, like there's all these things. Um, It's Do you want to work on mission-driven work, right? Do you want to work in nonprofit, or do you want to work? Um, you know, be like a full-time teacher. So there's so many different things you can optimize for. Um, But I think ultimately the people that end up being the most successful in terms of like their overall person are the ones that figure out like what values are going to drive them. And there's no wrong answer. It just varies person to person. I mean, I
0: love that concept of looking in before you decide kind of, okay, where do you want to go in life? Because I think a lot of people are just on a hamster wheel. At least I feel like that some days. I think I said that to my mom today. Um, you just kind of feel like you're running the race and you can't get off. Like, there's so many things to do. Like, nothing is ever accomplished fully because there's always something you can be doing more. Um, so, it's, I think it's really important to, like you said, to kind of take pause, especially if you're at that stage in your life where you checked all the boxes, you kind of made it, so to speak. You know, you have a job or you have a few years of experience, and then you kind of have to figure out, okay, I have had a job at a a well-paying company, but am I passionate or am I happy or do I like my colleagues? And then if the answer is no, maybe you look at a smaller company that has a smaller team and a a better culture fit. So all very good points. I I think.
1: Like for you um, kind of like you had kind of a similar path where you, you did IIN and you had this experience like in your corporate life at Boeing. And I would just be curious, like, Moving forward, do you think anything has shifted? Like with you, now you have a baby, which is so amazing. Um, do you feel like what you're optimizing for has shifted in the past few years? I do. I feel like I look at
0: work now as my intellectual stimulation and time to be social with very intelligent people. And I think before, before I had Finn, especially, I think I kind of separated work and fun. And now I'm just incorporating more fun in my day job. And that helps me a lot because I actually really enjoy what I do and I'm good at it. And I'm not just, you know, I'm not saying that to be cocky. It's just, I've worked hard. And Sasha, you are I'm sure you're really good at your job too because you've worked hard and you continue to work hard and you're dedicated. But I think the more that you put in the work and you see that your efforts are being not only recognized, but they're making a difference, I think that that helps you be more passionate about your job, even if initially you didn't, not, I don't want to say didn't love it, but you might, not, you might not have had a ton of interest in it at first, and you might have had outside things that you were more interested in. But, you know, once you have those outside things, you appreciate your day job so much more because it, it basically pays for them. So it paid, you know, if I didn't have a full-time job, I couldn't have paid to go to IIN. And I remember I saved for it and I, and it meant a lot to me and I loved my experience and I, and that's something no one can take away from me. But I, I quickly realized I didn't want to be a full-time health coach. I just really love health and wellness stuff. I want to do it on the side, right. at least for now. And if I just did that all day, I think I'd, there'd be a huge part of me that's missing. And that part of me, like I said, really values that intellectual stimulation and challenging my mind. And I think that's what both of our day jobs give us. I could be wrong, but I think that's kind of how I've reframed my thinking is seeing it more as a challenge and and I'm so grateful for it as opposed to something that maybe for a a short time of my life, I was very stressed and I, I think I just didn't manage it well. And that's, I don't, I actually haven't shared much about that, but yeah, I was, I think I was very unhappy for a lot of reasons. And I think I also just set better boundaries now that I have been, I mean, Certainly, I'll answer emails and try to handle emergent issues after hours. But when the clock strikes a certain time and Finn needs a bottle, no one else can give that to him but me and my husband. So, I mean, the nanny's gone. Like, we are on our own. And he needs to eat. He needs to survive. So, I think that that makes you set boundaries real quick.
1: Yeah, I think think it's really hard for especially, I I say especially women to set those boundaries professionally. And when I was working at Deloitte, I was doing my teacher training while working on a project on a team that was actually all men, which was kind of interesting. Um, Great, great individuals. But the manager on that team at the time had a two-year-old daughter. And, you know, he would leave Early, not early. Let's early consulting hours. So he would leave at like six thirty. Oh go my goodness! To hang out with his daughter, um, and he said something to me. And sometimes I would get a little bit pushback from other people about leaving to go um, to my training or leaving to take a class before my training because you had to take, uh, I think it was a hundred classes or something like that. Maybe it was fifty with extra hours, but. A certain amount of classes while you're in the training. Um, And he said to me, he was like, Look, he's like, I have a kid. You have your yoga, whatever, (laughs) which I think is exactly what he said. Yeah, your yoga, whatever. Don't let anyone, yeah. He's like, Don't let anyone tell you like a hierarchy of what is important in your life compared to theirs. He's like, My kid is very important to me, but you are allowed to set the same boundaries for your time, even though you don't have a kid. Um, and I was like, huh, well, I like working for you, you know? Um, but it was, it was really good because I feel like sometimes like, especially when you're in a job that requires maybe more time than was originally allotted for you to do it. Um, it's, it's really helpful to have that perspective that like you taking care of yourself, like creatively, emotionally, (laughs) physically is, is just as important as taking care of someone else. And so I think it's easier when you're a parent to be like, oh, of course I need to take care of my kid because he sur- he will not survive without me. Um, but it's crazy that it takes kind of that to like feel like it's okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> know. Uh, you're No,
0: you're 100% right. And it's hilarious now looking back the excuses I would make saying, I remember I would leave the office, you know, like I would leave the office at five because – Like I got on a train, I had a 45 minute commute home and uh, especially in the winter, I think like everyone just wanted to leave as soon as they could because it gets dark and, you know, frankly, like Chicago is not the safest city. So, um, I would make excuses like, Hey, I'll be, I'll be back online by 6 PM. I promise. Like, why did I feel the need to tell someone else what I'm doing after hours? I, I don't understand. Like looking back, I would never say that now. Now, I have had to, you know, a few times say, hey, really sorry, I can't work. Like, I'll answer your email in two hours. I want to give it a thorough response and a thorough read. um, But I can't respond to it right away because right now I have to bathe and and feed my son. And then I'll get back to you at this time. And I think that is appropriate. But but if you're just, if you're going to a teacher training, I mean, really, that's none of their business.
1: That's, like, seriously how I feel nowadays. I, am totally with you. I think too, like switching from consulting to tech in my experience, and I've only worked at one tech company, I've only worked at Google. The culture is so much more supportive of you as like a whole person. Um, so I was kind of shocked because when I started working in Seattle, like Google's casual. Um, but if you have a client meeting or something like you will look nice. Um, but I came into the office and people were wearing like running clothes and I was like, okay, like whatever. (laughs) And then people would just like disappear and like come back, like wearing different clothes. And I, I I was one day just asked and they're like, oh yeah, like I go work out. Like when, whenever I have a free, you know, like I don't have meetings. And I was like, what (laughs) is this company? Yeah. And then people like in the summer, people would leave at like three. And, and some people would come in like super early, but, but sometimes they wouldn't even be there for a full eight or nine hours. And I was like, what is happening? Like, and it's kind of a culture of like, you have to do the work you have to do, but there's not this micro, at least on the teams that I've worked on, there hasn't been like a micromanagement of when or where you do it. Um, which has created like so much just emotional freedom for me to be like, hey, like, I've been sitting here for four hours. I'm not <laughs> productive. Like I'm going to go take a walk. And then you come back and you get something done in 30 minutes that would have taken you two more hours of just sitting there and like mentally not producing. So No, that, that is, that
0: is so true. I feel the same way. And my speaking of like Fitbits and, and whoops and Apple watches and stuff, my, my Apple watch today told me to stand up and I was like, you're right. I have been sitting a very long time. And I think like whether you're in an office or you're at home, it can be really easy to fall into that trap of just sitting for very long periods of time, which is one, not healthy, like research has proven. And also it's just not mentally productive. Like I think you need to, I feel like most creative when I'm moving, like my best ideas come to me when I'm on a walk, when I'm spinning lately. Um, I used to run. I love running. I can't really run right now with like postpartum stuff. But um, when you're moving, is that when you get your most creative ideas?
1: Yeah, I think when I'm moving, like when I'm outside, um, I was talking to my mom about this. Um, I love to write. And so I've been taking um, some memoir writing classes actually through a literary house that's here in Seattle. And I love it because I am like the youngest person in the class by, you know, like 30 years or something. Um, The median age is like 65 (laughs) because they're writing their memoirs. Right. I was about to say they're about
0: to, you know, cross over.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, But she was like, you never get writer's block. And I'm like, you're right. Like I, I will always have something to say or write, but I feel most creatively inspired after, after I've moved. And so I feel like for me, like being able to like, take a call on a walk or just like go out in the day. Sometimes I'll work out at like 1 PM, which is
0: beautiful. I think
1: me five years ago would have been like, Oh, you're going to get in trouble or something like (laughs) no one cares when I work out. You know, they just care that I like run the meetings I need to run and that I create the things I need to create and that we like do a good job for the people that we're serving. Um, So I think it's just to like knowing that, you have to figure out ways to foster that creativity that are not just sitting in the same room for nine hours. So. Gosh.
0: Yeah. And we kind of like got into this a little bit, but I would love to take a journey through your day because you are, I feel like you are one of my most mellow friends. Like I feel like not a lot really rattles you emotionally. Um, and, so, and you have a demanding job. I mean, you work at Google. That's so cool. And I'm, like I said, just so inspired by you. Always how you manage it all. How do you blend the yogi centric state of mind while also living in this very fast paced lifestyle that you have right now with with having a corporate job too?
1: Yeah, that's first of all, that's such a high compliment. Thank you. Um, so I guess for me, like I, I mentioned this earlier, but uh, provide a little bit of context on like my personality. So. And I was talking with Evan about this recently, and I was like, you know, when you're a Type A person. He looked at me and he's like, you're not really a Type A person. And I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? And he's like, no, you're just not. He's like, you're you're way more laid back than I think you think you are. And um, that's just how you are. And I was like, hmm. So I think my personality has actually shifted a lot, which is interesting. And I'll attribute some of that to, I think, um, yoga. But for me. I was diagnosed with ADD in high school. Um, Growing up as a kid, I was always in the principal's office because I would say things that would get me in trouble with teachers. Um, I was really smart academically, but like socially not that smart until probably middle school is when I caught up. Um, So I was like, I was like a shit show, you know? Oh, can I say that?
0: Yeah, I'll just mark (laughs) this explicit. I think I already said something bad earlier.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, I was kind of a shit show. Like I was that kid that probably had like glue all over their desk and like my backpack was just like full of like homework that had been like balled up or something. Um it was just like <laughs> it was not a cute situation. Um, I cannot imagine this <laughs> dude, it was it was not my poor parents, they were probably like, Are all four of our kids gonna be this disastrous? And they weren't. <laughs> my younger siblings were much better behaved. Um, but Yeah. So when I got, I got to high school, I went to this very, um, like super lucky to have this experience, but this very elite all girls private school in DC where, uh, there was like not a lot of margin for error. So I, I worked really hard to create systems like in my life, like routines, rituals, systems that helped me accomplish the things I needed to do. So for me, like I could finish a test that someone else might take in a shorter amount of time but if there was like an assignment where like something had to be in one color and like with straight lines or something like I would mess it up because like attention to detail. So I think for me in my life now as an adult um, operating like with a calendar um, every day. So usually and also like developing systems that support you and also are flexible I think is key. So like With routines, um, I actually don't wake up at the same time every day, which um, I'm sure is a lot of people would find, like, very alarming. Um, But this is, like, the privilege of the pandemic. So I always try to sleep between seven and eight hours. Uh, I usually naturally wake up, but if I have, like, if I need to set an alarm, I will. Um, So I wake up, I, um, you know, like, make my bed. Do my uh, skincare routine and then I will meditate for 20 minutes. Um, I do kind of a form of transcendental meditation, which sounds super fancy, but it's basically you just sit um, in a comfortable seat and you repeat a mantra to yourself um, for 20 minutes. Uh, My friend Ellen Haynes was my meditation teacher and I did it right at the beginning of the pandemic, like, learned how to do this. And it's been really helpful for me um, in terms of anxiety and just kind of like supporting more of like a mellow approach to things. So I'll meditate um and then get up and make a coffee. And then I usually do some kind of movements. This is like where the flexibility routine comes in. So if I've slept later and I like won't sacrifice sleep anymore because it's the best thing for you, um, I'll go for like a 20 minute walk. And um if I am up earlier, I will usually go to the gym and I'll lift weights um like usually lift weights like three times a week I do like one day that's just sort of like hit cardio um and then I I either drive or walk back home I live really close to my gym and I'll start my work today um and work looks really different depending on the day like sometimes I'll have a lot of meetings um or I will be Occasionally, like looking through data and trying to like pull out a story that might be interesting to tell. Um, So that's kind of like how I start my day. Um, And if I didn't, like if I'm feeling sort of restless at any point in time, I'll just close my laptop and go for a walk. Um, And I'll just walk for 20 minutes and then come back. And then honestly, it feels like a completely different state of mind.
0: Yeah, you have to make time to clear your head, especially if you're, you know, working long hours or, you know, your work, your work life situation at home, you're sitting in the same room all the time because we're all living in the pandemic still. And, you know, hard to believe we're yeah. still here, but we're still here. So I completely and understand one thing,
1: that. I totally forgot to say this. Um but like at the start of my day, I try to do this every day is I sit down and I have this like specific journaling method that I do. And it takes like five to seven minutes, but it basically, um, write out like what movement. So at the top I do like movement, um, podcast and music. So kind of like how I'm going to move, what I'm going to listen to that day. Um, I write three things that I'm grateful for. And then I write three things that I have to get done. So like, what will determine success for me in my day and those are my priorities um, kind of in that arena so that helps me stay focused and it really helps me stay motivated um, because working from home like anyone who works from home listens to this will know like it is very easy to get distracted um, and under that i'll write like three people i'm want to send energy to or pray for um, three ways I want to feel, so kind of like emotionally manifesting how I'm gonna show up in my day, um, and then like a mantra, something that's been on my mind. So like, it could be really simple. It could be like, "Good things are coming," or, um, "Like, I am like, I am patient and a good listener." However, basically, whatever you're trying to to come into or or channel. And then underneath that, I have a list of six things um, that's sort of a running to-do list. And it came from this guy whose name is Ivy Lee. And it's it's a long story, but basically how it works is you order things in order of, of importance in terms of time you want to get things done. And then when you take something off your list, the next day when you're journaling, you just move the list up and then you put a new thing at the bottom. Um, so with and the first... That, and it was,
0: sorry, I just want to, I'm clarifying only because I know that people are probably going to be like feverishly writing notes because this is a great idea. Um, Is the first thing on your list when you say time, do you mean it takes the most time? That's a really great
1: question. Uh, I mean, like, no, in terms of chronological importance. So for example, if it is, uh, it's about to be August 1 soon, I'm renting, I have to pay rent. Like that's, that is a very important thing. It probably wouldn't go on my list of top three things because generally those are related to like, work or entrepreneurship or a meeting um but it would be the first thing on that Ivy lee list um and technically i have like five dates to do it but it's going to be high so that would be first and then like something at the bottom of the list that would be like of lower importance could be like steam mop the floors or something like that i don't know i do not steam mop my floors on a daily say, basis i was about to um, say thank
0: you good for you i wouldn't be surprised um, if i feel like you have it all together
1: no i I like, don't love cleaning. I, I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I do not like when things are dirty, but like my passion, some people are like, Oh, cleaning is so stress relieving for me. That's how my partner feels. He is like former military. He just loves cleaning.
0: <laughs> so does my dad. My dad's former military too. And he's like obsessed they with love
1: it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Evan would vacuum. Like four times a day if he didn't have a lot of other stuff to do. Oh my god So um
0: <laughs> so funny. Um
1: yeah. So cleaning is not my passion, but I also know like physical space really interacts with like and impacts how we feel. Mm-hmm. So I want to be in a space that feels clean. Um I just like don't derive a lot of joy out of cleaning. But
0: I feel we, that's why that.
1: we put it on a to do
0: list. So that's such a good idea. I'm that probably explains why you have, you know, such a good balance of, of work and entrepreneur stuff and, you know, your relationship. I would love to know how you balance that all in on a given day, like let's say a weekend. Cause I feel like we went through the work day. Um, but I'm so tactical and like detail oriented, like the opposite of, of what you described when you were younger. Like I'm very detail oriented and I would love to hear about like, let's say a Saturday morning when you're working on, um, you know, your side hustle and also cr- maybe creating content teaching a yoga class, like what does yeah. that look like for you?
1: um, it really depends. So I live in Seattle, which is in the Pacific Northwest, and we have like really rad outdoor stuff here um in terms of like just some of the most beautiful mountains or right near Mount Rainier. I can actually see Mount Rainier as I'm talking to you right now on my window um, but so we have all these great outdoor things, but really, if you want to to hike on the weekends, you have to go early. Um so basically, and I've I've kind of learned too like you can get you can burn yourself out on weekend adventures. So I usually pick like either Saturday or Sunday, the day that I want to go do something outside. Um and that will kind of be like almost the whole day. Cause if you go and you, you know, hike nine miles and then you drive back like you're tired. You're not gonna be living your your most productive life after that because you need to rest um so like for example last weekend I got up at six no I got up at 5 30 a.m on Saturday and I like put my surfboard on top of the car and then I went and picked up my friend Jackie and we drove out to the coast um to surf and it was like not very good surfing but it was you know fun experience and it was very cold um and then it, we came back and by that time it was like Seven and my friend Sam was having a birthday thing at Golden Gardens, which is this beach in Seattle. So then I drove out there, said hi to her. But then I came home and I went to bed really early because I was teaching a class at 8 a.m. So Sunday last weekend was kind of like my creative productive day where I um, I teach these classes usually on Sundays and I call them a coffee flow because they're kind of like spicy and they're kind of like a little espresso to like kickstart your morning. Um, so I did that, and I record those classes too. so I would say most people that are subscribing to the class are actually taking it not in real time, um, but I had a few people take it in real time. My mom always takes them, which is so cute. Oh, she's also that. turning sixty, and she this month, and she just like crushes those classes um, and they're not easy um so you know i I taught my class and then um for the next like then I like. Made a coffee and like filmed a little bit more because I'm actually building out an online platform that will have short yoga what? classes um, for athletes on it. Yeah, um, so that's that so is exciting. like, yeah, that is like part of my vision, and that's the one thing that I'm like almost scared to talk about is because like I am not a video editor. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm really good with photos, but that's just an area that like is learning for me. So. Um, So I, you know, taught the class, did some like other filming, and then my graphic designer texted me about some retreat stuff. So we jumped on and chatted. Um, I took care of a few things like for our Squarespace site, and we're scouting locations right now. And she's actually down in Costa Rica. She's just living there for the month, which is amazing because she's working remote.
0: Must be nice. I would love Uh, to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. (laughs) Um, So we were just chatting about locations. And then... I did a bunch of admin stuff, like, emailing brands um, for Instagram and, like, planning. Oh, I don't, so there's this concept of, of um, batching, which uh, some of your audience might be familiar with. You can batch anything. So it just basically means, like, like, for example, Kayla, if Kayla were to do multiple podcast interviews, like, in a day, she'd be batching. The content for her podcast, and then she would release it later on. So sometimes I'll do that um, with Instagram content. Um, like, I just did this really rad shoot with uh, a photographer here and um, my friend Brendan. So it was really cool was in Kerry Park, which is in Seattle, has a view of Mount Rainier. So we have all these really rad photos. So I'll maybe like just put them into drafts on Instagram, um, and I usually write my captions actually real time, which is not the Same. most productive use of time. But it's how I feel creatively. I think it uh, becomes most
0: authentic content.
1: Yeah. So Sunday was just a lot of like, um, I don't want to say it was productive. And then I went to the gym, and then I hung out with Evan. So it was it was a pretty um, like Sunday was kind of like my admin day.
0: Well, it sounds like you have all the systems in place to kind of focus on, you know, work stuff when you should. And it I'll, it also sounds like Google just has a really good culture that allows you to be flexible. So if you, you know, let's say you did have an obligation to maybe teach a yoga class, like right after work, I don't think they would probably be asking you where you were um, from what I understand. So that's no, really cool.
1: I used to actually teach classes at Google during the day. I remember um, that. Yeah, so and it was it was so shocking to me because um the I'm friends with like our training staff is amazing. Um they're all contracted under exos, which is like if you're into fitness, look up exos because they are some of the best like when they train um you know special forces, they train NFL, they train like Premier League soccer players. <laughs> so Google being Google contracted them. <laughs> and that's where all of our training staff comes from. So really, really knowledgeable individuals, but also just like super nice people. Um, and they were like, Hey, like, why don't you teach a class here? Because you're physically here. Um, and you like it. And I was like, sure. So I talked to my manager and I was really nervous. And she was like, Oh, what an amazing way to like give back to our community and use something that you're passionate about to connect people. I was like, what? Excuse <laughs> I, <me>? like, <laughs> I know my the jaws class just will like be on the floor. At, the class will be at noon during the work day she's like that's so great so it's just interesting to see I think I think Google has it figured out like they're pretty smart in terms of employee retention but also like they know people will be more productive if they can take a break in the middle of the day um, and go move their bodies and especially because we have so many engineers in Seattle like Um, they need that. Uh, Engineers tend to like do a lot of individual work and have less like administrative meetings. Mm -hmm. So it's really good for them to be able to kind of like step away from that.
0: Oh, absolutely. And you mentioned earlier about, you know, how you write out specific music and podcasts that you want to listen to every day to, you know, give you some mental stimulation or creativity. Do you have any go-to podcasts or maybe some audiobooks that have helped you be the person that you are today because like I said, yes. probably like four times, you are so inspiring. You just I feel like you just manage life so well. And you've had look, it life hasn't been easy for anyone, but we've, you know, discussed some things that we've both been through and like grief and and all of that. And I feel like you've managed it really well. And I think that's a true testament to how you manage your emotions and also the, the way, the modalities that you use in the wellness space to help you get through that. So if there's any resources that you can share that are, that might be beneficial for someone else who's going through something like that, that I think that would be awesome to share.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, So I'm trying to think. So in terms of books, um, a book that everyone should read, and I feel like almost everyone maybe has read this at this point, but is why we sleep. Um, The the author is Matthew Walker, and um, I'll caveat it by saying it is not, like, a riveting page-turner. It is a compilation of chapters that look at, like, the history of sleep, um, impact of substances on sleep, how to optimize sleep, and literally in the book he writes, he's like, if you fall asleep reading this book, like, that's the point. Um, So it's not... It's not a total snooze, but my friend, uh, Callie Brown, who used to play, uh, soccer in the MLS, he was really on top of kind of like performance optimization. And, um, when he was playing for the Sanders, he gave me that book. Um, and I read it and then I passed it along to like everyone I knew at Google. Um, and so I feel like that one is just really key because I feel like sleep is the most underrated thing in, in any culture in athletic culture, um, because it's such a morning culture and in corporate culture. um, so I would, I would highly recommend that, Um, in terms of, I don't know, in terms of, of other books, like, um, I grew up in the church and definitely have, like, I, I worked in a church, I used to work for a youth group, um, when I was in DC and Definitely have had like most people, kind of my own, like not my own struggles, like fully owning my own faith and developing what that looks like. So there's a book that is it's very it's pretty old at this point was given me in given to me in high school. It's called Blue Like Jazz. It's by a guy named Donald Miller, and he doesn't actually write these types of books anymore he does now he does consulting on how to tell stories like how businesses tell stories but it's basically the story of his spirituality from a non-religious perspective and that was really helpful for me to read It the it just came at the right time in my life um so that was that's been a really helpful like spiritual book for me
0: yeah i i can relate to you a little bit about the owning your spiritual journey part because I know what I believe. Yeah. I do have a relationship with God. I feel closest to him when I'm moving my body, as weird as that sounds. Like, if I'm on a walk mm-hmm. in nature, nothing – I've never felt more spiritual in my life. But if you put me in a room with others talking about God, I don't feel it. Like, it's, it's very strange. Like, I, I'm trying to work through that, too. Um, so maybe I'll have to read that book <laughs> because it's yeah, good.
1: Um, it changes, too. That one is an easy read. That one you will fly through. Um, So I think that was a really powerful book for me at that point in my life. Um, In terms of of podcasts, my podcast taste is probably not, it's a little fluffy. So podcasts I love in terms of entertainment value, the Skinny Confidential is a podcast that I started listening to literally six years ago. And the host of it, her name is Lauren Bostik. She's a blogger based out of Southern California. Does the podcast um, now with her husband? And they basically just interview like they'll interview celebrities, they'll interview health experts. Um, but I just find it so valuable. She's built a really powerful business. Um in the entertainment space, like in blogging. Um, and he has done a lot of different things in terms of business. So I, I love their dynamic and she's kind of like more a brand person he's more operation. So I really enjoy that one. Um, it's super popular.
0: Um, yeah. That's um, what then, inspired me
1: to do this one. Actually. <laughs> I listened to her Yeah. Yeah. She's great. And- um, yeah. almost 30 is a great podcast. And then I, I really like ritual. Um, my mom for some reason does not like ritual I've sent her some of his stuff and she's like he's so full of himself but honestly he's like a former lawyer slash Stanford swimmer who is now like a vegan Ironman athlete so what do you expect but he um is super articulate and I do appreciate a lot of his interviews um so yeah and then um what is the uh, the Economist has like a summary podcast that comes out daily um, that I listen to when I want to like pull my head out of my ass that is focused on like U.S. tech culture and learn what's happening in the world. That one's that one's really helpful.
0: We have very similar podcast tastes. Like I listen to all of those, love them. And also the, the Economist um, summary that you mentioned, I listen to this podcast called Axios Today. And it's yeah a nine my minute. Friend,
1: uh,
0: oh I... I Oh awesome. Yeah. So I have a I have a few former colleagues that work at Axios because I used to work in journalism. And um so I remember Axios from the, the very, very beginning. And it has just exploded. Like they're on HBO. They have all these podcasts. It's so cool. I love Mike Allen. I've met him a few times and I was awestruck. If anyone doesn't know, um he used to work for Politico. He started a very popular political newsletter. And basically he left there and then, um, he started his own thing and he has a million different newsletters you can subscribe to at Axios. But yeah, I do think it's good to have a mix of like health, wellness, business, whatever you're interested in. Um, but also like a little bit of news because I think it's super easy to get sucked into entertainment. Um, so just, you know, trying to stay up to date on current events, you know, and just
1: yeah, not. one one thing I did do at the beginning of the pandemic was I turned off all the news apps and notifications on my phone. Um and the the reason for that is not that I want to bury my head in the sand, but it and I was so grateful this for this too like given the political climate, but I I just like was getting really anxious about COVID and I was not going to get COVID. Like I was staying in one place and Evan was going to the grocery store like I did not see anyone. Um, but that really helped just create a boundary for me. If I wanted to know the news, I would read it. Um, Mm -hmm. and I read because of my job, I have to know what's happening in the industry. So like I get the wall street journal, like top 10 email and I'll read that. Um, but that's me choosing to open that and, and absorb it rather than like being assaulted by all these notifications that kind of like almost put you on the defensive because, um, you didn't ask for them. So. Gosh,
0: that's so perfectly said. And I feel, like that, I feel like that really rounds out the interview well because my, my one question I always have to leave everyone with is what does living a life well-lived mean to you? And I feel like we can kind of guess after what you've told us, um, but especially that last point of kind of taking ownership of what you consume probably plays a huge role, I would have to imagine, in how you live your life.
1: I I think a a life well lived is the ability to do something on a daily basis that helps you feel creatively inspired. um, And that makes you want to generate something and put something out. And so and I think if you live by that rule in terms of how you make money, um, how and, and sometimes you're not going to make money doing the thing that is most inspiring to you, but does that capital then allow you to turn around and and create something that's important to you. Um, Whether it's relationships, I think um, people lose so much, so so much um, time and energy, like, dealing in relationships with people who don't, like, aren't a good fit for them or don't really serve them. So I think, like, you know, creating, living a life where you can be creatively inspired and spend time with people that, make you feel valued and you make them feel valued ultimately is is what it is. And then everything else is sort of just logistics, right? <laughs>
0: Perfectly put. Um Sasha, I love catching up with you. I just feel like you're such a genuine person and you are who you are. You are not apologetic about it. And it makes me want to show more of my authentic self. So I so appreciate you coming on the podcast. Please let us know where can we find you on social on Instagram, TikTok, websites, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, so um on social media on Instagram you can find me at the little bond yogi. Uh, my TikTok is the same handle. Um my TikTok is extremely goofy. So you <laughs> there's not a lot of informative content on there, but if you like dating dating commentary or um like glamour shots of of the mountains. You'll find that on TikTok. And then wildthingsflow.com is our retreat website. It's under construction right now. And eventually that is where on-demand yoga classes will be as well. So stay tuned for that.
0: Super cool. I cannot wait to see what the rest of 2021 and beyond has in store for you. I know that the sky's the limit and I cannot wait to have you back on the podcast and talk where you are, you know, a year from now.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for uh, creating a container for people to come on here. It's it's really amazing. And I think this is actually the perfect thing for your background and skill set. So I'm excited to see where you go with
0: it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Kayla underscore underscore Brandon. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.